It's a gospel on the radio talk show. A show about dreams and visions and a church that is indeed triumphant, alive, and well. For the church triumphant is alive and well. Hello, Tallahassee. This is the Gospel on the Radio talk show. I'm Pastor Jack King. I am your host. And, well, it's always a fun time for me on Sunday mornings to be here with you on 94.1 with the Gospel on the Radio talk show, as I say, a show about dreams and visions and a church triumphant, alive and well. We talk about the church and God's glorious kingdom. Show number 1,126 today. Been doing this right at 22, 21, 22 years um, no sports, no politics, no doctrine. We always speak well of one another. That's been our rules all along. As I say, I started the show. Actually, I didn't just start it by myself. Uh, July of 2002 over at WCVC 1330M. And I had a co-host. And uh, she's here in the studio with me right now. And this uh, taking us down membrane memory lane a little bit this is sarah sarah lorenzo for sarah king lorenzo sarah welcome to the show hi i'm glad to be back it's good to have you back and she's made a few guest appearances along the way not too long ago for our thousand show she came and and uh, my, my son joshua actually hosted the show and he interviewed me and sarah was there in the show and actually during the history of this show there's only been three hosts and that's me and you, Sarah, mm-hmm. and your brother Joshua. And uh, we pretty much kept it going along the way. And uh, for those of you who are new to this show and you don't remember those days, but there may be some of you who may have made the switch over from WCVC and followed us and you're, you're here listening to us. You may remember the remotes. We should be that send Sarah out on location. Of course, on those days, it was the Gospel on the Radio Saturday show. Right. And so... Saturday mornings at 10 o'clock, she'd go out to wherever I sent her, and I'd find some uh, church event going on, and she'd just show up and hand him a radio, uh, hand him a cell phone and say, talk to my dad on the radio. Here's my Nokia cell phone. <laughs> and that was an awful lot of fun, and we had some great uh, times with all of that. But as things are, um, Sarah was, right at that time, she was making some career changes uh, Mm -hmm. in school, out of school, trying to figure out what it was she wanted to do with her life. And so it just got to where it was just too much for her to handle the show. So I pretty much been uh, carrying it on (laughs) solo since then, but it's good to have Sarah back. So Sarah, in your your career choices, you graduated from high school here in in, uh, Tallahassee, and then uh, you went to... Massage therapy. Well, I went to TCC. TCC. Mm-hmm. And uh, what did you study the first time? Or, or uh, TCC, just, you know, AA degree. General education, mm-hmm. yeah. But somewhere along the line, you went to massage school. I went to massage and school. And then you went into that business for a little while. Yes. And then uh, th- found out that at that time, it was called what, CORE? CORE Institute. And, and because we had that little school here, there were so many massage therapists in town. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was, it was hard a little to, saturated. A little hard to break into the uh, to that business. But you came to me one day and you said, I think I need to go study 
to be a teacher. And when you said that to me, I said, well, that just sounds more like the most logical thing I've ever heard because <laughs> she'd been our, our children's church uh, director since she was 16 years old at the church, uh, always working with children. And I said, that just makes so much sense. <laughs> so at that time, I believe you already had your AA at TCC. Um, it's possible that I needed like one or two more classes okay. to finish. And then what? And then I uh, went to Flagler, the Tallahassee campus, okay. and uh, studied elementary education and exceptional student education. Okay. And, of course, uh, some folks may not know that Flagler has a uh, stenching here on the TCC campus, which I think that worked out real well, don't it you? It was a really perfect, perfect thing for me. Why is that? Um, well, it's God. Yeah. First of all, um, just the way things worked out, the way God directed my steps. I didn't even know I was taking those steps, but this door would open and then this door would open. And pretty soon I was in a seat in a right. class and right. headed down the road to become a teacher. But do you feel like that uh, a smaller institution like that suited you? It or did. Or would it have mattered? And here's the thing about me and my learning it took me a long time after graduating high school to even realize how i learn best mm -hmm. um which made me think about everybody learns a little bit differently everybody right. needs their own uh i guess accommodations for learning and so when i went to massage school um it was a small school and it was very <laughs> Hands on, hands on. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was very uh, practical. Uh, you know, when we studied anatomy and physiology, it wasn't just sitting and listening to a lecture. It was you know having conversations about that. It was building models with clay and things like that. And so I learned a lot about how I learn uh -huh. from massage school, and that's just not a byproduct that you would think of. Mm -hmm. Um, but God knows. Sure. And so after that, um, I went through some, I guess, mm, I guess emotional growth, learning that, you know, I can do whatever I want to do if I work hard enough and, right. you know, have the right resources and have the right support system. Um, so all of that was going on with me around that time that I decided. I really am supposed to be a teacher. Um, and so, yeah, and that led me to yeah. Flagler, and Flagler was a smaller uh, program, and the professors were amazing. The My classmates were amazing, and so the opportunities that I had were just um, ones that I don't think that I would have gotten at a larger and institution. And you were just a little bit older by that time. I was, yeah. And I think that that has a big factor. Mm -hmm. so, some people, it just... It just takes them a little longer to be able to settle in. I mean, if, like for me, I went to college right out of high school. This just didn't work. Four years in the Navy and then back to college. Mm -hmm. It was a different experience. And right. I think some people are just that way, that they, they need that extra time to just to mature a little bit more. Yeah. But, uh, and I think that's an important message for people to get is that uh, we we have this idea of this this is the timeline for a student. Mm -hmm. and. There's not just one timeline for a student. It, it really is an individual process, this uh, 
learning and figuring out who you are. Right. So, Well, your mother was 43 when <laughs> right. she went to nursing school after, well, you, you kids weren't quite grown completely, but it was getting pretty close. Right. And Well, I had some good examples on how to start over and how to do things that seem uh, not impossible, but maybe right. impossible. That's- yeah, and so. and you weren't the only one. Your your, right. your siblings, yeah, <laughs> back yep. and forth. And I learned something. If I got to go back and do it again, I told them I said I'll take care of your auto insurance <laughs> until you get out of college. Because <laughs> I was thinking they would just go through, but yeah. they didn't. They 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 go here, and then they stop, and then they go here. But yet they've all turned out to have their careers and their past now. Yeah, and I think we all pay our insurance at this point yeah, by well, ourselves. Yes, yes. <laughs> Which is very good. Yeah. So, okay. But I, I'm thinking that this, uh, what you just talked about, about your, you learn your way. Mm-hmm. I think it makes you very good at what you do because you have that same understanding with other students. And what Sarah and I have discussed this before is of, of the of all of my children, her and I think alike probably more than in the other ones mm-hmm. <laughs> because we have their own ways of learning. Which for me, I'm very much hands on, just like what you just talked about. Right. And uh, sometimes you just have to just beat it in me. I don't think you're that way, but for me to learn things, <laughs> it's a sometimes it's a trip. <laughs> Well, and we were talking earlier about how it's also about interest sure, uh, and being motivated to learn. So, you know, all of that. There's yeah, a lot of things that go into why right, a person right. learns. Yeah, we were having a learn. discussion yesterday about the reading, which mm-hmm. is what you're doing this summer at, at school. Mm-hmm. And uh, I told you that when I was a little boy in first, second grade, they had these little white books and they were stories about cars and history and stuff like that. And I just loved them. And that's what help develop my love for reading and i just love to read i'm one of these people that i'll take a book with me to a restaurant if i'm by myself and i start reading and the place is full and then i look up and there's nobody left in the restaurant and i wasn't even aware that yeah. anybody had left because i was so engrossed in the book and and if a, if a child gets that way then they'll they'll develop their reading, reading skills right. because they just want to learn yeah. so so you uh Finished up Flagler, mm-hmm. and then you went out into the world to uh, teach. Yes. And so while I was at Flagler, um, my intention was to go in and teach just, you know, an elementary class. But Flagler, Tallahassee had the Exceptional Student Education Program as like a, a dual degree. Okay. So, within my first semester, they kind of recruited us and sent us out into different uh, school experiences, and I knew that that's that's what I needed to learn, because I wanted to make an impact on students that maybe would be ignored or um, would be so quiet that they wouldn't necessarily get the help they need or a teacher might not know that they even need the help. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to, I wanted to make an impact on those students. And so I felt like learning about exceptional student education would help. And it did. Um, so after I graduated from Flagler, I went into exceptional student education as my first teaching okay. position. And that was in Sleepy Hill. Right? Yes, in Lakeland. Likely, mm-hmm. and that wasn't your best experience. It it was a growth experience. It was an important experience to have because 
it taught me a lot about um, how to navigate mm-hmm. this profession and how to um, communicate with people and right, and right. Uh, document and things like that. So it, it was not an easy um, year and a half, but it was a good year and a half. It was yeah. an important year. And I think that the, the reason why I even said that was because it, it goes back to this thing about the journey. Right. Because everybody, you have your, your starts, and, and starting isn't always the easiest thing. And a lot of times, you make mistakes. Sometimes you, you uh, fall into a, a wrong path or wrong direction, whatever. And all of that's just a part of the learning process. Mm-hmm. And, and also, uh, compared to where you are now, the administration there was a little bit more difficult to work with, but you had to learn that. Yes. And you, and you <laughs> one of the things that I've learned in life is that the better I know the people that I work for, the better I can negotiate and navigate around them. If, if they're, if they got their little, little, weirdness for lack of another word here then okay i know that right so now how can i adjust that to where i don't push the buttons that right. it's gonna if, if somebody's prone to, to get upset about something and i know that then okay i'm gonna try to stay away from that if i can <laughs> so right. but, but that's all a part of growth and maturity and, mm-hmm. and learning and also when you were in lakeland you were not in tallahassee Right, and uh, you're we, we have a big family, and yes. we're very family oriented, and we missed you when you were there, and and I believe you missed us. So yes, I was burning up a lot of miles driving back and forth on the weekends. Yeah, yeah. So and, and fortunately, during that time, my brother was uh, pastoring in Lakeland. He moved down from Kentucky, and so you had some family. Yeah. there. Then that that I'm sure that helped. It did, it <laughs> and did. and you had Roscoe. Remember? Yes, I had my little <laughs> Chihuahua. <laughs> Roscoe was one of those little dogs. He was little, but he'd make you hurt yourself. <laughs> he'd come here. Like, yes. What your wild would do. So you came back to Tallahassee and uh, obtained employment here. Well, before I came back to Tallahassee, in the time that I was right. um, at Lakeland, I went to Southeastern and earned my master's degree in elementary education. Okay. And I remember that very, very well because mm-hmm. you had to have the graduation right during the live nativity. No, that's true. <laughs> I'm going, okay. But we came down. You always have things interrupting the live nativity. <laughs> so we came down, and that was a wonderful experience yes. that night and a great uh, uh, graduation ceremony. Mm-hmm. Um, it, was, it was just a lot, a lot of fun. And then we, of course, we got back from the nativity, and it turned out. That was on the Friday night with the nativity, and it poured down rain, and so they couldn't have it anyway. Right. So it all worked out. God so, knows. So, okay. <laughs> but but you did eventually come back to t- yes. the Tallahassee yeah. area, and uh, where'd you go then? So I came back to Tallahassee, and then I worked um, here in the county at one of the elementary schools, and I taught kindergarten. Um, it was a great year, but also just a new experience, and so more learning, and um but uh, the second year that I was here, I um, moved to my current school, and I've been there. Are we allowed to tell where that's at? Um, I, Florida State University Schools. Okay. Florida High. Florida High. Florida High. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, for a long time, you taught, what, first and second grade, kind of switched yeah, back and forth? Yeah, went back and forth between first grade, second grade, back to first grade. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you, along the way, you were introduced to a type of learning which the whole brain, oh, whole right. brain thing. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about that. Well, when I was teaching kindergarten, I um, 
again, I, I always want to figure out how do people learn the best? Uh-huh. Even little baby kindergartners, um, what, why is this one student not learning mm-hmm. in the same pace as the other ones? Or why is this one student having some behavior issues? Um, what can I do? Mm-hmm. And so I was searching and searching for answers and I found whole brain teaching, which is, um, there's a lot of content in that, but basically it's a philosophy. Um, Chris Biffle is the creator of that. And there's a few books at this point, lots of stuff online. If you are interested, wholebrainteaching.com. Um, but it basically the philosophy is this. We want to coach these kids on how to be the best versions of themselves that mm-hmm. they can be. So we, we want them to learn how to read. We want them to learn how to do math and, you know, about science and all the things. But we want them to be great people. We want them to have self-control and we want them to make a choice for learning and for succeeding. And so um, that model of teaching just really changed everything for me. And so it became, uh, my classroom became very interactive mm-hmm. at that point. Uh, lots of movement, lots of uh, chanting and uh, sing-songy type things and um and that just, it just became my teaching yeah, style, too. I, I went to a few of her classes, <laughs> and they are. Now, when you started this, and you started introducing this to your classes at Florida High, did, what did the administration think about this? Um, well, I can't speak for them, but they kept me around, so hopefully they <laughs> liked it. Um, I think that people think it's unique, and they like what they see because you – you walk into a classroom that uses um, those strategies from whole brain teaching and students are engaged uh-huh. and, um, you know, sometimes you can go into a classroom and you have 80%, everybody's paying attention, but then you have those few that are just, you know, looking at the ceiling or right. you know, they're just not engaged. Um, but with uh, the strategies that whole brain teaching brings, everybody's engaged most of the time. Uh-huh. Um, and so it just creates more opportunities right. for learning. So I, it, I think that when people see it, they are you know, interested. And that's very important to you because that's one of the things you've already expressed is right. that, that student that might get lost in the shuffle. Right. Which is uh, even working with exceptional children is the same thing. Uh, a child that w- would get left behind. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I know a little something about that just from my personal experiences and a lot of times I look back on my journey and I said well you know if a teacher had been a little bit more aware she may have picked up on some things for instance you know I went got, got you know got through high school and all that what what a great student and uh, it's not because I'm dumb it's just that I, I didn't know well I, I could get distracted really the <laughs> system wasn't set up for you well this is the 60s exactly <laughs> in, in Kentucky <laughs> so. exactly but what happened was it? You know, I managed to get through high school, and then then uh, uh, went to Bible college. Struggled, and then uh, went in the military. Well, the military has schools too, right? And so had had some difficulties going through all that. Then got out of the military and went to Bible college again. Okay, and still I'm still having difficulty. Mm-hmm. I had a teacher, and he was a Bible geography teacher, right. and. Uh, and, and well, let me back up a little bit. When I was in photo school, 
in the Navy, I had a teacher came to me and he said, Jack, he said, you're, you're smart. He said, you just overthink stuff. <laughs> that, that was his way. And he helped me. Mm-hmm. And, and I was able to finish the photo school and get through all that. But I'm, I'm at, at the Bible college and this teacher comes to me mm-hmm. and he says, you know, you're smart. I said, you just don't know how to study. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm 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 not very sometimes. I may be smart, but I'm also very stubborn. Yes. <laughs> so he says, I've got a friend, and I know not a friend, a student that has a great strategy for studying, and I want you to meet him, and I want you to let him show you this. Well, of course, I didn't do it, and then one day, I'm at my house, doorbell rings, open the door. Total stranger. I don't know him. He says, I'm here to teach you to study. So, <laughs> so this teacher, he wasn't going to give up on me. Says, right. this, is, this is where you're talking about. Yeah. He wasn't going to give up on me. So he sent this guy to my house. This guy, half an hour, changed my life. Right. Totally changed my life. My grades all of a sudden went shot up in school, went th- finished Bible college, no problem. Basically, he taught me how to associate things mm-hmm. for memorization. Yeah. And... Once I did that, it just changed everything and, and went from, from almost being a failure mm-hmm. to, to being able to successfully finish, graduate from Bible college, uh, came down here, went to TCC for a while, and, and, I'm, and I'm still a lifelong learner. Right. But one teacher stands out of all the teachers that I've had. This one teacher will always stand out because he saw potential. Yes. And that's what what you are involved is that's what it's all about, mm-hmm. right? Okay. So now you're at Florida High for a few years teaching alternate first grade, second mm-hmm. grade. It was two years ago, was it, that you, you came to me and said, Hey, they're gonna they've asked me to do the exceptional student. Well, it was the this school year that we just finished. Okay. Okay. Well, I lose track time sometimes. Right. And I remember you were hesitant first. I was very hesitant <laughs> because of your experiences at, at Sleepy Hill down there at Lakeland. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I told you, I said to us, Sarah, this is Florida High. Right. <laughs> Total, totally different environment. It is. It's, I mean, it is. from everything you have told me, it's, it's it's a great school. It's an amazing school, and the administration is wonderful and. That makes all the difference right. for a teacher and for a program. So, um, yeah, I, I should not have been worried, but I was because, well, you know, experience sometimes is your greatest and your worst teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, so my experience in the beginning was rocky uh, in teaching exceptional student education. And so I didn't know that I... I didn't know how I would like leaving right. the, you know, teaching a whole class of students, general classroom. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a good move. But uh, do you, uh, you had this training at Flagler back, mm-hmm. uh, by the time you started back doing this yeah. at Florida High, it had been, what, almost 10 years, right? From the time you'd graduated from, uh, from Flagler, almost, almost 10 years journey, right? To now? Yeah. Oh, we're going on almost 14. Okay. <laughs> Do you, does this require separate certification? Yes. So you've had to maintain that all this time. Yes. So you kept that up. Mm-hmm. And so Florida High looks at your your uh, education here mm-hmm. and they're going, hey, we need this 
teacher to teach exceptional students, and we happen to have one that's kind of been hidden in the <laughs> in the weeds here. <laughs> well, so, yes. Um, so my um, my director, she she spilled the beans and told me that it was her idea, yeah. and um, she was like, "Is that okay?" And I was <laughs> like, "Yes." After after the year that I've had, yes, it is okay because it was a great. It was a great year. But the thing is, um, shortly after I started at FSUS, I um, started to pursue my PhD at FSU in special education. Mm-hmm. So I've been actually working towards this sure, for years sure. without the intention of being in an ESE position. Right. So. so now at Florida High, how does this work? I mean, you you don't have quote a classroom now, right? Or not? I have a like a resource room. Okay, mm-hmm, but okay. I do not have one. You know, class of twenty students. Right. So, how did, do you go to their classroom, or do they, or do they come to your resource room? Um, I really have a lot of freedom to build the program that I need to build for the children that I have at the time. So for some students, it is push in. We uh, go into the classroom and work with them, you know, co-teach with their teacher or um, you know, maybe pull them aside, but within the classroom. And for some students, I pull them into my room and we work. And so it just it, having the freedom to to make decisions based on the, the students' needs is, has been a really right. great so um, now, experience. How, how do you identify who's to be a part of the program or not or not do you do that or do the the teachers do that well so we have something called um mtss and basically it is a system where we are constantly looking at every student to um, make sure that they are making learning gains that they're um working towards mastering the standards of their grade level. So we do, you know, diagnostics in the beginning. We track their their progress, monitor their progress throughout each nine weeks. And this is for every student. So if in the beginning of the school year we identify students that are struggling immediately, um, they go through uh, the MTSS process, which um, means that maybe the first thing is tier two, which is the teacher's going to work with a, you know, with them on an intervention, maybe with a couple other students in their classrooms. And um, if that's not working after a time and, you know, we go back and forth, monitor the progress, try different interventions, it is a a process. Um, Then they would go into tier three, um, which would be them working one-on-one with, um, most likely me. Um, And so then I would identify a very specific intervention um, that might help them with whatever their deficits are. Um, And then, you know, hopefully they, they get remediated and they don't need that intervention any longer. Um, But if, if over time we're seeing just that it's not, these things aren't helping, then we might go into the process of trying to identify a learning disability. And that's when a student would be, um, would go into the ESE program once they have uh, been identified as having a learning disability. Okay, so the ESE, 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 ESE program. Mm-hmm. Uh, those so every student that you're working with is not in quote the program yet. 
Yes, and they may never be. Okay, mm-hmm. but you're still going to the classroom because you, you you're, there's somebody there that they're kind of on the border maybe yeah. a little bit. So we can we can just work with them in the classroom and they mm-hmm. won't even have to be a part of this program over here. But you do have a classroom that to where they they go all the time or just part time. The, the, the yes. ones that are actually in the class. Yes. Yeah, so um, really the best thing is to include all students in a general classroom as much as you can. So um, our school is full inclusion. Um, so every student is in a general education classroom and then they get pulled out for services, whether it be for MTSS or ESE or, you know, something else, maybe speech or something like that. Um, okay. So did, was there somebody doing this position before they, they pulled yes. you out to do this? Mm-hmm. So had they left or? or no, we switched. Oh, so she went into the general ed classroom okay. and I went into her position. So. About that, that's, and, and I guess that's working out well yeah, for her too. I, I hope so. That's, yes, that's, that's, it seems so. <laughs> okay, so now oh, I think we're going to stop here and play a little music here. But but uh, uh, this year, as part of the year, mm-hmm. uh, they came to you and say, hey, "We need somebody in the high school," and so we'll talk about that okay. when we come back. But. Sarah picked out the song, and if you if you listen to the show every week, you know I always play at least one gospel song. Now, sometimes when I'm just here by myself, I may play three or four on the show. But since she was my guest, and uh, she said I want to play this song. Now, what we did here, she she did some configuring here with the computer, and suppo- supposedly all I've got to do is push a button, it'll play. And we'll, Let's we're hope. Gonna, we're going to hope that works. But tell them about the song, and then, then we'll play it. Um, this song is called I'm So Blessed and it's by the band Kane and it is kind of my anthem that I listen to on the way to work or in the middle of the day. Anytime I'm feeling a little low um, or maybe stressed or overwhelmed, I listen to this song and it just reminds me that, yeah, I'm blessed. Yeah. On my best day, I'm a child of God. On my worst day, I'm a child of God. Oh, every day is a good day. I like the words. Yeah. Uh, on my worst day, I'm blessed. On my best day, I'm blessed. Yep. Uh, that I can certainly agree with. And actually, I like I like the song, but uh, it's <laughs> that to me, that's not Southern gospel. Okay. But, well, <laughs> but, I tried. But that, but I've got some songs that I do play sometimes that kind of gets into that, that type of a beat yeah. and stuff like that. So well, there's uh, just something so powerful, just reminding yourself well, several times in the day, I'm a child of God. Yeah. Well, having He's a song like this. that that just kind of gets you in your spirit. There was a song when I was uh, on the Lexington. We were stationed in Boston. for Well, we were there on dry docks. We were there about four months. And it was a song by Connie Hopper. And I had it on a cassette. And I played it all the time. And it just really ministered to me. Uh, just I just did. I can't remember what the name of the song is. Oh, no. And, uh, of course, I certainly don't have that tape. So I saw... Uh, Connie Hopper at the Civic Center I hear uh, when she was here with the Gaither thing and I asked her about it I said do you remember the song she says man we've done so many songs oh goodness but she said well I'll, I'll look over my stuff and see if I can find it but I never heard from her, from her but still don't know what that song was but it, it blessed me mm-hmm. during a particular time of my life right. and so I understand what you're saying uh, my guest today is uh, Sarah King Lorenzo she's my daughter and she was also the, and still the co-host <laughs> of the Gospel on the Radio talk show. 
And uh, we've been talking about uh, her life as far as where God's led her now and uh, working in education and working with a CESC, right? It's exceptional E. Yeah. Student. Student. S. Right. Education. E. Okay. E-S-E. E-S-E. But also, she's uh, gotten married since she was here and uh, starting, uh, well, at that time when you were co-hosting a show with me, you were in your 20s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just go there. And uh, so you're married, two little boys. That's right. And uh, just a beautiful little family. <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, of course, you know, these little boys are also my my grandbabies. Right. And uh, we, had a, we got a bunch of those, not just their Sarah's, but my other children too. We have so much fun when the whole family gets together. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons why Sarah wanted to come back to Tallahassee was to be here and uh, be around her siblings and the, yeah. all that sort of thing. But uh, so, but uh, God has opened up these doors of opportunity for you to, to serve in teaching. Mm-hmm. And I think that people who have a heart to serve, whether it's in a secular school or a Christian school or a college or a church or whatever, I think that the heart is the same. And somebody pointed out to me one time, I was just telling them about my children. And they said they're all in some type of service. Mm-hmm. Because we got school teachers, we got nurses, and uh, even Anna, mm-hmm. uh, the the baby, and she's a, she's a cosmetologist, but she's not just a cosmetologist. She owns the business. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, when I have conversations with her, I said, you know, she might as well just go ahead and get certified as a counselor. Right. Because she's, yeah. I mean, she comes home, she says when she comes home, she doesn't want to talk to anybody because she's been talking all day long. Mm-hmm. And she sits there, and she's cutting her hair, and people are just sharing their heart with, yes. <laughs> with her. And and she's like the rest of the family. Mm-hmm. We all have this heart to serve people and care about mm-hmm. people. And so as you have already pointed out here on, on the show, as you've talked about um, what God has drawn you to as far as all the students in your class, you love all the students. Of course. But that one mm-hmm. that you see might be left behind. Yeah. You've just got a special little... Yeah, drawing to that person. I always think of them as my little puzzle, you know, (laughs) like my mystery that I have to solve Uh uh, while they're with me because there's got to be, I always think, there's got to be something that I could do to make an improvement here. And so I I spend my time trying to figure that out. Have you ever watched uh, Leave it to Beaver? Mm-hmm. You, you watched that show? Yes. Uh, That reminds me a lot about what you talk about because – Sometimes when you some of the mischief that the beaver gets into, and then the, he'll have to go to his teacher, mm-hmm. and then the teacher will they'll be talking about you know why did you do what you did, and some of the things they come up with. I said, "Yep, that sounds about right." Because you know having raised children, mm-hmm. you don't always know what's on their mind or why they think the yeah. way they think, but sometimes. Something that may have happened to a child, if it's not attended to, it can become a big issue mm-hmm. down the road. Yes. And then if you've got issues going on in the family, yeah. this can really uh, affect a child going into life. And if it isn't dealt with at that age, mm-hmm. then it could lead, these things lead to the, the drug addiction and the alcoholics, all these. Yeah, there's a, a lot of research that supports that, that, you know, if there's, Trauma, you know, in the formative years, it really, it doesn't go away. It mm-hmm. keeps impacting their lives, um, you know, unless there's some type of an intervention. But um, I had a wonderful professor, Dr. Bruno at Flagler, who said, 
when there's a behavior happening in the classroom, he was teaching classroom management. When there's behavior happening in classroom, our job is not to look at what the behavior is. Our job is to try to figure out why the behavior mm-hmm. is. Wow. Because yeah. nobody does anything without having a reason, even if they know it or not. That's true. So there's always something that's causing um, the the manifestation of a behavior. Mm-hmm. And so it really is like being a detective. Yeah. Uh, a human. Oh, I, I can see that. A human nature yeah. detective. Yeah. And even as a, a pastor, mm-hmm. <laughs> you see this in grownups too. And you know, so you see a behavior pattern. Something happens over and over and over again. Right. So, okay. What has brought this person to this time in their life? Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, it's, it's hard sometimes to figure these things out and deal with them when they're children. It's especially hard to deal with it when they become adults. And now, you know, God has brought them to your church. Right. They're part of your congregation now. Okay. What's going on in this person's life? Well, um, I'm like you, Sarah, in a lot of ways. I want to mm-hmm. know, and how can we help if, right. if it's possible to help? Mm-hmm. And then there have been times when people have come and gone to our church, and I look back, I said, I didn't help them much. And that troubles me because uh, and I've, had, I've actually had people that I've had to tell them, look, what you're going through is beyond me. I don't have the skills. Mm-hmm. I don't have the skills. I'm not a, I'm not a psychologist. I do have some counseling experience, but I'm not a psychologist. I don't know that I can help you because this is may, maybe more, can I use the word chemical? Is that, is that the right word? Or? Mm, not a psychologist, so not, yeah. you could use whatever <laughs> word you want to. And I, and, and I, that just troubles me yeah. that, that I'm not able to help them. But the thing is, you don't know if you're able to help them or not. Our job is just to try, just right. to do what we can. And God brings people to us, students or parishioners, whatever, and we don't know the impact that God is going to, um, that's going to happen based on what we do. Right. You know, so. Well, there's a song, and I'm not going to play it, it's, <laughs> it but it's, it's by the old pass. And the name of the song is that we got to love them to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, uh, different times I've played it on the show, but it really does have a lot of meaning is that sometimes we just got to love people to Jesus mm-hmm. because he has answers to things that I certainly don't have. That's right. But he has the ability to send the Holy Spirit Absolutely. to minister to a person's heart and soul. But uh, go back to the same thing. If, if you can figure something out that's going on in the life of a child. Mm-hmm. And help them to be able to deal with that at a young age. See, I remember um, going back to my Bible college days. I had some wonderful uh, counselor teachers, teachers who taught counseling. And uh, I've said, well, those two brethren uh, turned my life around. I mean, I mean, here I already at Bible college now. I've had this one teacher that took an interest in me, and he, he helped me to learn how to study. And now I got these other two counselors. And they're teaching, but they're counseling while they're teaching. Right. And I'm sitting there going, man, that's my life. <laughs> they're talking about me. Yeah. <laughs> and and I just began to experience how how things just began to become unraveled within my, my soul because mm-hmm. they're revealing things. And then I said, well, you know, that's why I behaved the way I behaved in such, such times right. like that. Yeah. And uh, uh, 
I love the, the concept you're talking about, the mystery. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, you said the puzzle. The puzzle. It's the same thing. It's, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a mystery. Yeah. And uh, I've learned that the counseling is unraveling. And I've, I've used the expression like un, unpeeling an onion. Yeah. Because there's, there's reasons why a person began to behave the way they, beha- they behaved. It wasn't dealt with. Mm-hmm. And now something else has been added to it. Right. And then it becomes deeper. And then you get a child that's, that's come to your classroom and he's sullen and alone mm-hmm. and, and doesn't interact. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a reason for that. Yeah. Now, I'm sure you've had students like that. Absolutely. Are you able to see progress? Um. Well, you don't know how it's going to impact them for their whole lives, but you can see progress. For example, um, I've had student, several students in the same kind of situation where they, they really feel kind of low about themselves. Self-esteem. They yeah. are comparing themselves to their peers and finding themselves wanting. Mm-hmm. And, um, it just becomes a very emotional thing for them. Um, so they lose, you know, they don't have motivation to try. If you don't have motivation to try, you're not going to succeed right. very much because you're not putting your effort in. And so um, one thing that I, I like to tell the students is that I like to tell them about the brain. I like to tell them about how the brain works as much as I can. I'm not a neuroscientist, but it's fascinating. But how everyone learns differently and we all have these different connections going on based on our experiences and if we are struggling in one area learning one topic it's possible that we just don't have enough experience with that topic okay so maybe a person who's sitting next to you that is speeding through all of the spelling tests and getting all the hundreds in the class um maybe they've had more experience learning that sort of thing. And so we just need to beef up the experiences. And, and so once a student starts to experience um, success with Mm -hmm. what they're doing, their confidence begins to grow. And with each step towards, you know, confidence, you can see like a light just kind of come on and, and their countenance change mm-hmm. and you can see them tr- trying and with the trying comes more success and more mm-hmm. success. And so, you know, given enough of that, I think that it, it does wonders. The more they do, the more they learn. And, uh, and I like the, the yeah. concept of counseling. But now you had a little bit of experience this year because you did go over to the high school and work. So you work with, with older kids for just mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. A lot of difference there between working with the older ones and the younger ones? Um, okay, here's what was fascinating to me. I've spent almost 14 years teaching kindergartners, first graders, second graders. Okay. A little bit of work with, you know, with the rest of elementary, but mainly it's been that and then focusing on the beginning stages of reading. I didn't really spend any time thinking about specifically what happens to those students when they leave me. Okay. Generally, I think, oh, I want them to be successful and I hope that one day I, you know, I run across them and, 
you know, they're with their families and they tell me all about their careers and <laughs> things like that. But specifically, I never really gave it much thought. This year, having had a little bit of experience um, teaching students in ninth through 12th grade, it allowed me to see the beginning of education to the end of formative uh-huh. education. Okay. And it started, it really made some things click with me. And that is kind of what we were talking about earlier. If we can catch some of these things, like the low self-esteem, like the um, the personality that's not really willing to put themselves out there and try. If we can catch that and turn it around at an early age, what might it do uh-huh. by the time they get to 12th grade? And so just having you know, reached the end of the spectrum to really see those students, it, it has kind of solidified my, my, I don't know, desire to continue working with these younger kids, especially in the area of reading, but just in motivation as well. Right. And, um, it gave you a glimpse, didn't it? Yeah. A little glimpse of the future. <laughs> and it made me think like the power that we really have with these babies. Right. You know, and how we really can shape who they become. Um, and what they're able to do. So, um, I'm, yeah, I see that. Yeah. I really see that because you, this experience in high school was that they, they had a, someone leave, just someone leave, and then you just went over for a while to help out. Right. And you, you won't be there permanently. No, yeah. it's just a, yeah. you know, a glimpse. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but you know, as they say, our steps are older than the Lord. Right. You know, God, yeah. God had a purpose yes. for you to go over there and, and uh, do what you did because now it gives you a different perspective when you come back to, to working with, really, I believe your calling is mm-hmm. to work with the younger ones mm-hmm. and, the, and the children like that. But uh, everything that we do, uh, I just believe the hand of God is in it. Yeah. And he's always teaching us and bringing us to a different areas that he would have us to do. Right. And I believe that's where you were. You're at. Let me just take a moment here. Uh, I meant to do this during the break. I'm I'm the pastor of Freedom Road Christian Ministry. Um, been the pastor there for about forty four years, and we're now meeting at seven twenty Capital Circle Northeast in the uh, Crescent Park Plaza. We love visitors. Why don't you come worship with us today? We would uh, love to see you. Bring your family. We start at eleven oh five is our our start time for the worship service. We do have Sunday school at ten. And uh, like I say, come worship with us, uh, frcm.us. If you go there, you'll find all the information you want to find out about the church. We're located between Easterwood Drive and Park Avenue. So if you're heading Capital Circle toward Park Avenue, you'll see a big sign we put out there on Sunday mornings. Love to have you. Also, I do a daily broadcast. It airs uh, Monday through Friday here on 94.1. It's called The Gospel on the Radio Broadcast. It's a daily Bible teaching of the Word of God. And that's at 11 o'clock. And uh, then, of course, uh, something that I enjoy very, very much, and that's every Saturday night here on 94.1. It's a Saturday night gospel sing with me, Pastor Jack King. And it's real Southern gospel. (laughs) (laughs) I crank it up. I was telling somebody, I said, the first uh, Saturday night, this and I, we've been to the talk show, or I've been to the talk show now for 15 years. I can't believe it's been 15 years. No, no, not 15 years. I started in 2015. That's what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. So it's been, what, uh, nine, eight or nine years. But the first time I'm driving down Capitol Circle, fixing to turn on Tram Road out there, and the show's about to come on, and it's 
very nice mellow contemporary music playing come across <laughs> I said I'm fixing to disturb the peace right <laughs> <laughs> and we did but uh, people have found us and they tuned in so you be one of them this Saturday night 7 o'clock here on 94.1 for the Saturday night gospel singing of course every Sunday morning right here on 94.1 8 o'clock with the gospel on the radio talk show so that should bring you all up to speed Sarah King Lorenzo is my guest today. As you say, she's back on the show. She was my co-host when we started the show back in 19, 2002 at WCVC 1330 AM in the old trailer over there on Henderson Road. <laughs> and it was um, sometimes you'd be recording or we'd be doing the show. And if I made a certain high pitch, then the it was just knock the transformer off. <laughs> And you'd hear Clive Jones, the, the producer, all of a sudden he's flying out the back door. <laughs> but it, it was streaming. So we had to keep talking. We had to keep mm-hmm. going, even though we're not on the air anymore. Right. <laughs> and then he'd go and he'd fire up the generator, <laughs> get, get it going. It was a good experience. I was there for, uh, let's see, almost three years. And then we went to WTL. And then we went to... Uh, well, actually, in 979, of course, you weren't with me at that time. That's part of, part of my journey. And we, and it ended up on ESPN radio for, for almost 14 years, Sunday morning. And then, uh, when that ended, Brother Doug was so kind to invite us to come and be here on 94.1 on Sunday mornings with the gospel on the radio talk show. So that brings you up on all of that. But we've been talking education. Now, uh, I told you she has two little boys. And uh, what's it like being a teacher and a parent? Do, do, is it easy to separate the two? Um. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, probably the teacher voice comes out a little too often at home. Um, probably for my husband's sake, anyway. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I, I definitely find myself always teaching especially the three three and a half year old um teaching him you know about letters and and words like he's just starting to get the sounds for the letters that he can identify and so um, we're working on putting those sounds together and then with the baby we're working on sound like just making sounds so that he can start speaking and so um yeah i'm probably teaching a lot at home and there's there's been times when uh We've been discussing things, and I had to remind you, look, I'm not a first grader. (laughs) (laughs) Because when this is is what you do all day long, this is what you kind of become. And Mm -hmm. you become uh, become a person, your your method of teaching. But I will say this. uh, I remember one time you came, I was doing an event called a um, a teaching thing, um, where I was it's a weekend type of thing, mm-hmm. and you came and you spoke mm-hmm. to, to that, and I learned things. You just talk about the whole thing about how you people remember things, and mm-hmm. and talk about the visuals and the and the sound and all the different ways about just trying to hold the attention of an audience mm-hmm. when you're speaking to them, mm-hmm. and how that as a as a pastor, that's an important information to me because. Um, I mean, I'm I'm preaching on Sunday morning. I've got people all ages in the, in the congregation, people from different backgrounds, different ways of thinking. Mm-hmm. And how do you hold that crowd? I mean, how do you hold their attention? It's challenging. It is. Mm-hmm. And so anytime that you can learn a little something along the way, 
that through and of course you've learned these things that they've taught them to your school mm-hmm. and then you've had practical experience right. in a, a with a different classroom how many when you were doing the actual classroom teaching how many students would you have um some years it was 20 or so um a lot of the years I was in a smaller space, and so they, I was kind of blessed. They would give me um, 16 or 14. So uh, I really, yeah. But but just think about blessed. this. Keeping the attention of 20 kids yeah. all day long. Now, I remember uh, you used to do junior camp for me mm-hmm. at, at the youth camp that I do. And uh, we would have the uh, banquet at the end. And I'd have my seniors over here, and they were all rowdy. And then Sarah would bring her juniors up, and she'd say, all right, class. Well, you didn't, you didn't call them class. You call them students. Campers. And they were just, whatever she said, just they, they'd sit down, stand up, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> my, my seniors were just totally rowdy. Yeah. I said, man, that's amazing. But these are skills. Well, being being a teacher, you have to – you have to be efficient at setting up procedures and then communicating those procedures to your students. And I like to front load everything, get all of that stuff out of the way so that we don't have to deal with it anymore. So once, once you know how the procedures work, then, you we know, got we're a meeting rocking of the minds. <laughs> yep. We can, we can rock and roll and do all the other things that we have to do and not waste time with, you know, how do you ask to go to the bathroom? Right. <laughs> that sort of thing. But you have order. And order, and order mm-hmm. aids in teaching because the less less commotion you have, mm-hmm. the better you're able to educate and get their attention and hold their attention to, mm-hmm. to all that. Let me just I just reminded myself of something when I was talking about youth camp. Let me just tell the radio audience youth camp this year, July seventeenth through twenty one, um, down at the um Big Lake Camp down near Mayo. Students from age all the way up to eighteen. We run two camps side by side. It's a tremendous experience, and uh, if you've got young people, I want to find out about them. Would you give me a call, or you set this up, sir? You set this up on Google. Tell them how to how to find it on the Google. Um, well, you can. They can email you, Pastor J L King at yahoo dot com, and you can send them a link to the Google form, which will allow them to register. So they have to camp. email me first in order to do that. Yes. So I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I have, I've been I've been informing you all wrong here, <laughs> but that's uh, so that's how you have to do it. Yeah. Send me an email, Pastor J L King at yahoo dot com, mm-hmm. and then I'll send you a link. I guess Sarah has to show me how to do that. <laughs> so, <laughs> see, I tell people about the computer. My daughter Tabitha, she taught me how to use the computer and everything to set up to do the recording. I said, I know how to bat, but I don't know how to pitch. <laughs> so I'm limited in my computer skills, but I've, I've come a long way. Yes, you have. So, so anyway, so you send me an email, Pastor J. O. King at yahoo.com. Mm-hmm. If you're interested in camp, then I'll send you a link and you, you have all the forms and stuff there. Yep. Okay, I'm glad I asked you that question because I've been giving out bogus information. But you can always just call me, area code 850-567-1703. I was talking, I met a stranger not too long ago at a convenience store. He was out of town. And we just got to talking. I told him I was a radio guy. He said, can I get your phone number? Uh-huh. And I'm thinking, oh, should I give you my phone number? And then I thought, I give my phone number out to thousands of people every week. <laughs> so big deal. Yeah. <laughs> Call me if you want to. Area code 850-567-1703. Our pastor, J.L. King at Yahoo.com will send you the link concerning camp. Sarah, we got about 
little over two minutes. Mm-hmm. Anything you want to share with the radio audience about teaching, what you do, anything of that nature? So I just totally put her on the spot. Right? How do I? How do I respond? <laughs> well, sometimes to that? people have thoughts on their minds, mm-hmm. and I uh, go ahead. Whatever. Well, I'll, I'll say that um, teaching is exhausting, but it is really. Um, a great experience and I am blessed to be able to be a part of it and if I happen to be working with your child then I am working with them to try to bring out the best in them um, and I think that most teachers are the same way um, when you look out across the country you know there's a teacher shortage and you hear negative things about schools and teachers But the truth is, I don't know anybody who's in this uh, profession that doesn't want to help kids. Mm -hmm. You know, kindergarten through 12th, even, you know, even into the universities. Teachers are teachers because they want to teach. Right. And they want to make an impact in the world that's positive. I think it's a wonderful profession. We need them. We Mm -hmm. need good teachers. Yeah. And we need teachers because uh, – the thing is, is that a teacher who cares can make a huge impact on a student's life. We, we all could look back on some certain teachers in our lifetime. Like I talked about the one at Bible college that mm-hmm. taught me that, hey, you, you need a way to memorize and be able to, to study. Yeah. Well, that teacher made a huge impact in my life. I have other teachers that I could take time to talk about. Mm-hmm. My counseling teachers, tremendous. Yeah. Well, it's that time. Father God, we thank you for this opportunity just to be able to to talk about education and the things that we share here on the broadcast. I thank you, Father, for all that you do to allow this to happen. And I pray, Father God, over this real audience, I pray, God, that you'd bless them. I pray, Father God, that you'd have a hedge about them and protect them. We do pray for our pastors today as we go to our pulpits, for our churches. We pray for America. We pray for peace in the city of Jerusalem and the nation of Israel. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Sarah, thank you for being on the show. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Until next Sunday morning, may the Lord bless you.